You are listening to the Unity Now podcast featuring the Reverend Sean Birch, the pastor of Spirit of Unity Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. In this podcast, you will hear powerful messages from Pastor Birch and other ministers that tell of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These messages will inspire, challenge, and help you grow in your relationship with God. I hope you're ready. I know I am. Let's be blessed by today's message. Good morning, Facebook family and Spirit of Unity Baptist Church. It is a pleasure and an honor this morning to come before you to bring the word of God. Um, For those of you who may not know me, I'm Reverend Darrell Schultz. I'm an associate minister here at Spirit of Unity Baptist Church, and I'll be standing in for Reverend Birch this morning. Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. It's gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we just come on this morning, Lord, first of all, just to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. For there is none like you in all the earth, Lord. You are the creator of all things, Lord. You are our sovereign Father, Lord. And we just praise and thank you, Lord, for another day of your grace and your mercy, Lord. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to just come together, Lord, so that we can hear a word from you, Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, that your word will go forth on this morning, Lord, and that you would touch the hearts and the minds of the people, Lord, so that they can receive what you have for them on this morning, Lord. Lord, I realize, Lord, that I can't preach, I can't speak, I can't teach, Lord. It has to come from you, Lord. So we ask, Lord, that you would preach, that you would teach, that you would speak, Lord. You're enriching words for our lives, Lord. Lord, we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture from, for this morning will be coming from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It's a very familiar passage of scripture, and it reads as such. I'm sorry, let's say that again. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoice whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It all, it's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I really like that last part. It says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And I would like to use for a subject on this morning, where is the love? Where? is the love. In 1984, the hamburger chain Wendy's had a commercial where a little old lady had received a hamburger from a vendor where the bun was really big and the hamburger was small. And to her disgust, she asked the question, where is the beef? 
It became a very popular slogan, and people would ask the question, where's the beef when something lacks substance? If we look at the headlines of the day, and in our uncertain times, many people in disgust have similar questions on their minds. We see the paralyzing political division in our community and in our country, especially being led by a president who is supposed to represent all Americans. And we ask the question, where is our leadership? We see the staggering number of deaths and illnesses caused by global pandemic. And we ask the question, where is the plan to protect us? We see an unbelievable number of people out of work and in financial crisis. And we ask the question, where is the financial relief? We see the state of race relations and the senseless killings of unarmed black men in our country. And we ask the question, where is the justice and the equality that we're supposed to have? Our Declaration of Independence states, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But America has not lived up to that promise. We do see glimmers of hope. We see that Congress did work together to pass a stimulus bill to help financially. We see the increase in testing and working towards a cure for the pandemic. We see worldwide protests and honest dialogue about race, abusers being prosecuted and held responsible for their actions, offensive symbols being torn down or banned. But even with these positive signs of hope, I'm still skeptical. You see, we've been here before. As a nation, we're good at coming together in times of crisis. But after the crisis, we go back to the status quo. We get in an uproar over injustice. Concessions are made. And after all is said and done, the problem still remains. We have been fighting social injustice since the abolishment of slavery, and it's still a problem. People have lost their lives to mass shootings and gun violence, but we have not solved the problem of gun control. We send men into space, but we still have too many people going hungry and homeless in one of the richest, most technologically advanced societies in the world. Many leaders and experts have given their opinions on how to solve the problems, yet we still don't have a solution. So the question that I'm left to ask is, where is the love? If we are to make meaningful changes to the problems that plague us, we first have to realize that there is only one race, and that's the human race. The labels of race were created as a divisive tool so that one group could have an advantage over the other. There is no scientific or biblical basis for race. Yes, there are ethnic, geographical, and historical differences, but we are all descendants from the same two people, Adam and Eve. We are all created by God in his image 
fearfully and wonderfully made, and God loves us beyond anything that we can comprehend. In the text in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5, it states, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its way, and it is not irritable or resentful. If we want things to change, love requires us to change the way that we look at each other. As long as we focus on our minor differences and lack love for each other, we will always have injustice and inequality. We need to stop looking at our problems through the lens of us versus them or with the attitude, it's not my problem. Instead, we have to take on our issues with the focus that acknowledges that we have a problem. Our government leaders need to stop reaching across the aisles to solve problems, but instead remove the aisles, maybe not physically, but mentally. If you've ever watched the President's State of a Union dress, you will see Democrats sitting on one side, Republicans sitting on the other. These divisions are counterproductive and only lead to gridlock. They should be focused on solutions that are best for our communities and our countries as a whole, not just the interests of the people they represent. Since we all belong to God, we should look at those in need, not as burdens, but as opportunity to show love and compassion. Whether it's the poor, the homeless, the elderly, or addicts on the street, we are all one people and we should help each other not passing judgment and putting others down. We have thousands of people around the country protesting injustice. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could have mobilized thousands across the country to feed the hungry, to help the elderly, to build and fix up buildings for more housing, to clean up our communities, to provide assistance to those in need? When they hurt, we hurt. We are our brother's keepers. We can't continue to look at each other as threats, burdens, hindrances, or hindrances, but as assets, allies, and treasures to be nurtured. First Peter 10, I'm sorry, First Peter 8, I'm sorry, First Peter 4, 8 through 10 states, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I'm reminded of the story of the Good Samaritan in the 11th chapter of Luke. There was a man who was on a journey who was attacked by robbers. The man was beaten, robbed, and left for dead. A priest came by, saw the man, crossed over to the other side, and kept going on his journey. He did not help him. He did not want to get involved. A Levite came by and did the same thing. But a Samaritan came by and had compassion on the man. He bandaged him up, put him on his animal, 
took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he gave two denarii to the innkeeper and asked him to take care of the man. And if he owed him more, when he returned, he would pay the rest. We have to be like the Samaritan and show compassion even when it's inconvenient and unpopular. That's the love of Christ. We have to change the way that we, we really have to change the way that we look at each other. Let's look at verse 6. It states, it, being love, does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoice whenever the truth wins out. If we want things to change, love requires us to change the way that we look at ourselves. Systematic racism, social, economic, and racial injustices have left many in our community with the feeling of hopelessness and despair. We've been led to believe that our situation will not get better and we should accept the things the way they are. We've been told that we're overly sensitive and that things are not as bad as we say. Others have been verbally abused and told that there are nothing and will never amount to anything. Many youth have to deal with being bullied by others. Despite the lies we hear from others, we are loved by God. We are precious in his sight, and he sent Jesus to die for our sins. God created us each for a specific purpose, and it is his will that we fulfill that purpose. We can't let others rob us of our joy and peace, which comes from God. We have to reject the lies and walk in the insurance that we belong to God and he is working all things out for our good. Yes, we have struggles, but they are not meant to harm us, but to help us grow. We make mistakes, we miss the mark, but God's love is not dependent on our success or failures. His love for us is unconditional. Romans 8, 35 through 39 states, who shall separate us from the love of God, of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither present, nor future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And just as his love for us is unconditional, he desi his desires, our desires, should be that the love that we have for others is unconditional as well. At times it may seem impossible, but Philippians 4.13 states, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If we can walk in his love, we can make a great difference in our lives and the lives of others. We have to change the way that we look at ourselves. In the final verse 7, it states, Love never gives us 
up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. If we want things to change, love requires us to change the way that we look at God. Matthew 22, 32-39 states, Jesus replied, Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It is no coincidence that the two greatest commandments given deal with how we are to love. You see, love is the key to us fulfilling the purpose that God has for our lives. We have to love God with all we have. If we don't love him, there's no way we can truly love each other. God's love will allow you to love those who persecute you, to persevere in times of hardship, to give you, to give all you have because you love him. It's the kind of love that causes someone who wishes to harm you to question their motive and to seek to change their behavior. It's the kind of love that can change the life of a person who feels that no one loves them. It's the, it's the kind of love that can lift up someone who is at their lowest. It is the love that caused the Savior to take off his glory in heaven and come down to earth as a man to die for his most cherished creation. He poured himself into 12 ordinary men so that 11 could become mighty men of God. He changed the lives of the poor, the downtrodden, and the undesirables. He bore the betrayal, beatings, the humiliations, the mockery, and the cross for us. He gave up his life so that we would not be lost. That we would not be without hope because we owed a sin debt that we could not pay. He rose so that we could be victorious over sin and our sin nature. And he sits at the right hand of God interceding on our behalf. He hears our prayers. He hears our pleas. And he blesses us each day with grace, mercy, and compassion. He loves us beyond our comprehension. He com and he commands we do the same for each other. Colossians 3.14 states, And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Protests are powerful. Honest dialogue is good. Persecuting the offenders is needed. Removing offensive symbols are a start. But if we don't make significant changes through love, we will probably end up at this same place in the future. It was Albert Einstein that said, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So the question is, where is the love? Will we show the love? That's my message for this morning.
I hoped that something was said that would get you to thinking about the importance of God's love in our lives and the lives of everyone around us. Now, there may be someone under the sound of my voice that may be watching who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who truly don't understand what it means to be loved. God, Jesus died on the cross for our sins because of the sin that we were born with. And without him dying on the cross, there was no way for us to be saved from our sins. We would end up dying in our sins and going to hell. But God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And in doing so, gave us the opportunity to be back in right relationship with him. But you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You have to come into the realization that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. It was a great gift that he gave us. But like with any gift, if you never open that gift, you would never receive the blessing. So if you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you can send us a message on Facebook or type in the comments. We'll have a member of our team get in contact with you and help you, lead you to Christ. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We just thank you for the love, Lord, that you've shown us, Lord, and the love, Lord, that you expect us to have for each other, Lord. We realize, Lord, that we can't do any of it, Lord, on our own, Lord, but it has to come through you, Lord. So, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would just continue to be with us, Lord, to lead, to guide us, to protect us. That you would just continue to show your love in our lives, Lord, so that others can see it, Lord, and be affected by it, Lord. Love is a powerful thing, Lord, and, but we realize it has to come from you. Lord, we ask that you just continue to bless all of those who are on our prayer list who may need prayer, Lord, who may need healing, Lord. We ask special prayer, Lord, for those who are in the hospital dealing with COVID-19, Lord, or other illnesses, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would just heal them, Lord, that you would be with the nurses and the doctors and the first responders, Lord, that you would continue to protect them and keep them safe, Lord. We also ask a special blessing, Lord, for the ones who've lost loved ones, Lord, that you would just continue to comfort, Lord, and to be there for them, Lord. Lord, we're living in a world, Lord, that is in chaos, that is in turmoil, that needs the peace that can only come from you, Lord. So we ask, Lord, that you would just let your, reign, your peace reign on this world, Lord, and that you would just continue, Lord, to anoint and empower us as your people, Lord, to go out into this world and let the world know that there is a Savior 
and his name is Jesus. Lord, we ask all these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us on this morning. And it is our prayer that as you go through this day that you will show love to others as God has shown love to you. Be blessed and have a blessed day.